Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. All right, all right. Hey, next time you don't want me to preach, just tell me. We'll take a break. You know, I couldn't do anything I do without my team. I don't know how many of you guys realize that or not. Like, they make us look good. They serve alongside. And, you know, it's always humbling to us when we're like, wow, we're in charge of all of this. Or we have the privilege of leading a church like this. You know, I look at all of the work, all of the the things that we were able to accomplish even this year amongst COVID. And I said, Lord, if this is the kind of years you bring us in amongst the craziest year I have ever, I guess, lived through. Father, what do you have for our future? What do you have for the plans going forward? And I think his promises to us, what? It's, it's great. It's going to be amazing. We can continue to expect God for great things in the life of this church. And, and so I hope that you look to your left, you look to your right, and, and you count it a privilege to be a part of this. You know, I've always, uh, before I was a pastor, I always loved the local church just had a passion for it, had a desire for it. And I was always amazed at the community and the relationship and just the unity amongst the church. And now I have the privilege of being a part of building and networking and serving alongside each of you great people that make this church what it is. So I applaud you as making my job a joy and a stress all at the same time. But I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for your support that you guys continually trust Becky and I uh, as, as your pastors. You know, I hear it sometimes like, yeah, that's our pastors. It's like, Lord, give us grace to continually walk that out because we know we're limited. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. Don't limit him to what you think that he can do in and through you. You may, ne- you may never know unless you try. So this morning... You got my, oh, they got my timer on this morning. I said, please set a timer for me so I can see how long I preach. I don't want to be too, too short. You're like, man, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Or I don't want to be too, too long. You know, but we want to just cruise through and, and just really share what, what I believe in, in, is in God's heart. So th- this morning, uh, as I was uh, getting ready, I was thinking about, and, and some of you, I'm sure, have realized the parking lot. We've started striping some of the parking lot. And I started thinking about what that represents in the kingdom of God and what that represents as a model for our lives. Sometimes we come into a parking lot with no stripes on it. We don't know where to park. We don't know what to do. And then God forbid we, we park over a line that we didn't know was there because literally some of these lines out here, you don't know where they're at, right? So what happens when you put down fresh paint and you can see the lines? Now, you got to give a little bit of leeway for the big truck drivers in the world, right? You know, or the big vehicles that, but they will fit, I promise. They use my truck as the template. So they will fit. But, you know, you think about, I I couldn't see the marks. I didn't know where to park. So sometimes we park in what? Error. But once the lines are established, we now know what the expectation and where we should be parking. So just like we we have that model there, I believe that God is bringing the clarity into what we are supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. When we walk away, have you ever walked away and looked at your vehicle? And I don't know if you're one of those that, oh, let me get in there and repark right. Or you just shrug your shoulders and say, good luck to the person that parks next to me. 
I don't know which way you take, but you know, like, but you know if you've parked correctly or you have parked incorrectly, right? But I believe that's something that God is going to begin to continually do as we move forward. He's going to make it very clear what He expects. He's going to make it very clear what we are to do. And if we follow those steps and we continue to walk that out, we're going to continue to see a releasing of the glory of God in this place. But if we park like we're accustomed to or we don't pay attention to what He asks us to do, we could potentially forfeit something great among us. So as God reveals, as God speaks, as God moves in your life to share, Dakota, thank you so much for sharing. I know that probably wasn't comfortable for you. What if you would have came up here and I would have said no, which I didn't say no, right? But like you think about all the stress of like being obedient to what God has asked you to. This isn't her church home to come up and share a word. That's, that's fearful, right? But when you're obedient to that which God calls you to, great things happen. Amen. All right, let's jump into this message. So today we're going to look at the power of the parables. Okay, I know I talked a little bit last week just about how Jesus always used parables as an example and as, a, as, as he told stories. So we're going to look a little bit today on the why, the how, why did he use them, why did he not use them. So we're going to look at Matthew 13, 1 through 9 in the New American Standard. All right, so I'm going to jump right in. Chapter 13 of Matthew, starting in verse 1. It says, That day Jesus went out of his house and was sitting by the sea. A large crowd gathered to him, so he got into his boat and he sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came up and ate them. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil and then immediately sprang up, but because they had, but they had, because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Verse 7, others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on good soil, and they yield a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. To him who has ears, let him hear. Let's pray. Father, I pray that as this word goes forth this morning, Father, that you would help our, help our ears to hear, Father, and our hearts to be receptive of the word that you're giving us. Father, I pray that you would just bring the understanding, and Father, we would just... Uh, hear what you're wanting to speak to us today. So this morning, uh, you know, Jesus is, is communicating here. He is speaking, right? And he says, you know, hear what I'm saying. So how can you have ears, but yet not hear? You know, that's the first thing when I'm thinking, not in the spiritual, but in the natural. What is this guy talking about? Like this morning, it would be like, me say, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Well, yeah, we can hear you. But what he was talking about, do you really sense? Are you understanding what is being spoken? How many of you know there's a difference between just hearing and listening and obeying and applying and understanding the message actually being sent? Totally different. I'll tell you what, I hear my kids all the time. But dad, did you hear me? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. What did you say? I hear them, but I don't hear them. And I think this is what Jesus was saying. He says, him who has ears, let him hear. You know, so have you ever tried to explain something to someone that, that doesn't understand or doesn't know what you're talking about? You know, usually what we do when we try to explain something to someone, we try to explain something that they know for something that they don't know, right? So, like, have you ever tried to explain what something tastes like to somebody? And I'm not talking about the easy ones where it's like, oh, it tastes like chicken, right? Because that's like... The majority of the stuff. But I'm talking about, have you, have you ever tried to explain what liver tastes like to someone? 
That's, it's unique. Like, I mean, it's not, I mean, like, you maybe say, oh, it tastes like a gizzard. Yeah, but gizzard liver, they're all kind of like the same concoction of parts, right, if you want to put it that way. But think about it. How would I explain that to somebody in a way that has never tasted it? Would I talk about the texture? Would I talk about the flavor? Would I talk about, is it salty? Is it sweet? What about uh, if we talk about uh, Brussels sprouts? That's another wild card vegetable that it's just like, it's it just, I don't know, it's green and it's, yeah. Like, I mean, how, how do you explain it? You know, either you love it or you hate it. Same thing with liver. You either love it or you hate it. What about your favorite ice cream? Man, I love some of the ones they're making up now where it's, it's that sweet and salty. To me, that is the perfect concoction of greatness. When we get to heaven, God's going to say, I made that one. You know, I just think about that perfect blend Blue Bell has, you know, I mean, it's just, but, but think about it. How do we explain those to someone that has never understood or have never tasted it? Now, how many of you know sometimes you have to just what? You have to just taste it. It's almost nearly impossible to explain those things. So as we look at this, you know, this is what Jesus was doing. He was trying to explain things that they understood to communicate things they had no understanding of. And he used parables all the time. He said, well, it's kind of like a farmer. Now, they would understand a farmer, but would they understand the kingdom of heaven? So he started, he, he would always network and he would tie these things together to bring a clear explanation of what he was talking about by referring to something that they understood. So he, he always blended those things together. You know, so um, sometimes, though, it, it's difficult to explain. So parables in the, in the Bible can sometimes be like that to the hearer, right? I, well, I hear you, but I don't understand. Explain it to me. Okay, so, so by definition, what is a parable? Okay, so a parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson as told by Jesus in the Gospels. So that's really what a parable is. He always used it. He always talked about parables. And I shared a little bit last week, and I kind of jumped because I didn't think I was going to talk about it this morning, but I'm going to answer the question as to why did he use parables? Why did he speak in parables? Even sometimes when they spoke parables, he was trying to explain something that they didn't understand, but guess what? They still didn't understand. And we don't want to be like that this morning. We don't want to hear a parable and walk away and say, Lord, I have no clue what this parable says. Ah, and you just throw it away and you move forward and you don't ever figure out what in the world did this parable mean? How was it to be applied? Now, some of you may be asking the questions, why did Jesus always speak in parables? You know, why, why did he do it? So in regards to parables, let's keep looking at this passage. So we're going to hammer through Matthew 13 this morning. I'm just going to keep going through the passage, and, I, and if you get a chance, go through it, read back through it. But we're going to keep going because in verse 10, I stopped in verse 9, but in verse 10, this is what it says of chapter 13. It says, And the disciples came and said to them, Why do you speak to them in parables? So these were the ones that were with Jesus all the time, but they saw a trend. They saw that he was always doing it. This was something normal. This was something that was consistent, something that Jesus always did. And Jesus answered them in verse 11. He says, to you it has been granted or permitted or allowed to know the mysteries, so these are the secret things, of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been granted. So soon as Jesus would say something like that to me, I'd be saying, so, so explain that again? You mean I'm authorized, I can understand what it means, but you're keeping a secret from them? You don't want them knowing what you're saying? Look what he goes on to say, verse 12, it says, For whoever has... To him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. So if you want to know what the definition of living a blessed life is, that's it right there. Whoever has, 
To him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But for whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken from him. That, my friends, is the, is the definition of a curse. Well, I didn't have that much, and it got taken from me also, and I just feel like, man, what is going on under a curse? We, we, see, we see that all through Scripture, right? Okay? So it says, therefore, verse 13, he begins to bring it into focus. He says, therefore, I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And that right there is the key to this whole equation, the understanding. If there is no understanding, there is no enlightenment. If there's no understanding, you know, we will not understand what God is speaking. There has to be an understanding. So then he goes on to say, verse 14, in this case, the prophet of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, so he spoke in parables to fulfill a prophecy because the Bible said he would do it, so therefore he did it. For whatever reason, he did not want to release and, and tell the secret mysteries to the world. But he set these apart for his children, for the church, for us to have understanding. This is what he says. You will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive. For the hearts of the people have become dull. With their ears, they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Think about that. I have closed my eyes. I don't even care to understand. I don't even want to see. It says, otherwise they would have seen with their eyes, they would have heard with their ears and understood their, their hearts and would have returned, and I would heal them. Verse 16, but blessed are you, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you have seen and did not see, and to hear what you have heard and did not hear. So here he unpacks it. He says, man, this is, it's prophesied. It's because the scripture said I would, but it was mainly so that we would understand, but the world would not understand. Now this morning, I would challenge you if you say, Pastor Noe, man, I have just never had a clear understanding. When I read a parable, I do not know what it means. So one of two things, you're not of his kingdom, and it has not yet been enabled, and you have not yet been enlightened. It has not been shown to you. You have not been permitted or yet allowed. Or maybe you just haven't really allowed the Holy Spirit to give you that insight as to what it means. You know, one thing about a parable, the more I read a parable, the more depth there is to a parable. And I'll read it once. I was like, oh, I got it. And I was like, yeah, I'll come back and I'll read it again. It's like, man, I didn't get it. Because there's something else I see, another facet of what it's talking about, another layer of what he was speaking about. And, and to coin the phrase, Jesus was always intentional with the words that he used every single time. You know, I think about it. He was he, specifically, he could have said anything, but what he said was very specific every single time that he said it. Matthew 16, 18 through 19 in the NIV, it says, and we've said that we've shared this passage before, but he's talking to Peter, says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So he says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So here's what we have to understand. So we, we don't only have an understanding that of the mysteries that Jesus is going to speak to us through the parables you know, and the secret things, but we also have been given keys to the kingdom of heaven. So we've been given an understanding, but we've also been given an authority. So when you combine those two things here on the earth, and you should be being effective, right? 
I have the keys to the kingdom of heaven that have been given to me, and I have an understanding of what the Bible says. So I would, I would encourage you this morning that God, you would, if you're having a hard time when you read scripture, now, sometimes it's your own fault. You got the kids acting crazy, you got the TV on, you got the radio on, you're text messaging with your right hand, and you're trying to read the Bible with your left. I don't understand what it's saying. Well, how much did you read? Well, I don't know, like two lines. It's like, you know, there's no, there's no intentional focus in what you're reading and what you're understanding. One of the best ways to understand the scripture is, is find a quiet place, get in a habit, maybe go outside. I know it's getting cooler. Thank God for the cooler weather. Right, but maybe go outside, take a lawn chair, go outside, get away from everything. Before you crack open the book, say, Lord, give me an understanding of what I'm reading. Lord, I've been having such a hard time understanding. But Lord, open my eyes, reveal the mysteries, reveal the secrets. Anything that you say I can have or that I can do, I understand that I've been given that authority here on the earth. And let me just speak that boldly from my mouth. And then as you begin to read, all of a sudden you'll notice... There'll be a sharpness and an insight as far as the understanding of what Scripture says. Most of the cool stuff that I've come up with, God has shown me in His Word. I wasn't intelligent enough just to be like, oh, check this out. But God will say, hey, check this out. It's like, oh, can I borrow that? Absolutely. And then I share it on a Sunday morning. You know, a lot of these insights that God gives us. So he not only shares the mysteries and the secret things to us, but he's given us the kingdom of heaven. He's given us an understanding with an authority. So two reasons that Jesus spoke in parables is first and foremost was because it was prophesied. But secondly, it was to motivate passive people. You know, when you start talking about things about finances or you start talking about things, how to, 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 uh, to receive all of these treasures on the earth, you know, like immediately you're going to pay attention to it. Even if it's from a carnal, natural, worldly perspective, it's going to make you incline your ears to listen. Now, if we only listen, but we don't understand, we miss the whole point. Because Jesus, when he spoke, there was so much more than just what he was saying. But there was something he was wanting to do. There was something he was wanting to bring out. He was speaking to a specific situation. And if we allow not just to hear it, but to fully receive and understand it, it will forever change our lives. Hear what I said there? It will forever change your lives. So in Psalm 78, 2, and then Matthew 13, 34 through 35, that's where we get those two that he, that he spoke in parables. And, and, but it says that Jesus spoke all things to the crowd in parables. And this is what he says in that Psalm 78, 2. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. That would have been annoying. You know, it would be like talking in code to my children all the time. Dad, why are you doing that? Just tell me what you need to tell me. But what did he do so often? He always communicated to the disciples the true meaning behind the parable. The explanation, the understanding was for his people. It was never for the crowd. You hear that? It was never for the crowd. But it was to entice the crowd or it was to cause, cause a, a listening and perhaps they would come in that listening an understanding and their lives would be radically forever changed. That was the heart behind it. So Jesus did not teach in parables to confuse or condemn people, but rather he sought to excite their interest and arouse their curiosity. And you see a lot of the, 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 the legalistic people that say, well, what about this? You know, they would corner him. But yet they were hearing and speaking, but not understanding. So the parables would give light to those who trusted and were with searching hearts, but it would bring darkness to those who were unconcerned and unrepentant. 
So you saw these parables. They would shift one direction or they would shift the other way. Right? We would, we would see those things happening. Okay? It says, but all of the times it would promote a response. Every single time. It was like, it was like every time that he would talk about a parable, he, he, would, he would draw a line in the sand. He says, what are you going to do with that? It says that as Jesus taught and he preached and he went around, it says many people heard the message and it was a hard message and they walked away and they left. They said, that's too much, that's too hard, that's too demanding. Most of the time, those people are just there so that they can see what's in it for them. They're not really in it for the sake of following. It's convenient till it gets difficult or it gets hard. So the disciples, they had a hard time understanding sometimes, but the understanding would come by the power of the Holy Spirit and the fulfilling work of Jesus being completed. You know? So there was a lot of times they didn't understand. I think Jesus really explained those things because they hadn't seen the whole picture. They didn't understand when Jesus would say, I'm not going to be with you much longer. Well, what are you, where are you going? What's happening? What do you mean you're not? We want you to be with us forever. They didn't know that he was going to be crucified. They didn't see the whole picture of what Scripture explained. So there was some confusion. You know, and there was times he would tell them things and he would say, hey, you know, don't tell anybody this yet. The time has not yet come for the, for the son to be glorified. Like all of these things being mapped out all through scripture. John 13, 7 in the NIV, it says, Jesus replied to them. It says, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. This is when he was washing the disciples' feet. He says, hey, if you want to serve or be greatest, serve others. You know, and there was this big uproar. Why are you washing our feet? Jesus, we should be washing your feet. But he says, if I don't wash your feet and I don't serve you, it'll never be fulfilled. So he set this model of what he expected. He, he did all of these things to show us what to do. Okay? So when we come into a relationship with Christ, our understanding is enlightened in our hearts. We have eyes that now see. We have ears that now hear. We have the ability to understand and apply what Jesus was saying all through the Bible. So the mysteries and the secrets... They've been made known to those who are His. I'm going to say that one more time. The mysteries and the secrets have been made known to those who are His. Are you His this morning? Yes? Who, who are His this morning? All right, with your other hand, how many of you have often said, well, I don't understand, I can't understand what I'm reading. So I'm His, but I'm confused. That's contrary to Scripture. He says, those who are his understand the secrets, the mysteries. And just like the disciples had Jesus, what do we have inside of us? The Holy Spirit that says he will teach us and show us all things, that we might have that understanding. John 14, 26, it says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Just the things you understand or all things? All things, right? You know, and he would remind you, how many of you need reminders? I got some real good friends that... They need reminding in their life, man. They mean best. They mean well. It's just like, man, how come we didn't do this? I completely forgot. They need, we need help reminding. So he will, he will remind us of everything that he has said. He will teach us all things. And, and then he says, if I ha as I have said to you. So these were the words of Jesus. He says, I'm going to send you a helper, somebody that would, would do that. So, so just like the disciples had Jesus to explain the parables to them, when they had a lack of understanding, we have the Holy Spirit to bring an understanding to everything written in the Bible. So Ephesians 1, 6 through 11 in the New Living Translation, it, it says, starting in verse 6, So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. 
He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of the Son uh, and forgiveness our, and forgive, forgave our sins. He has, he has showered us with kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. How much wisdom and understanding? You know the disciples, they, they completely confused the religious righteous leaders of their time. They said, you understand these guys are unschooled and uneducated. I guess they were being nice, but calling them ignorant men. These are ignorant. How do they, how do they understand? How do they know all these mysteries and secrets that we know nothing about? But they had direct access to the Son who gave all understanding and answered all of the questions. Where they, they became the philosophers of the time. And just like the disciples, we have the Holy Spirit that will show us all of those things. But we have to ask for help. He'll, but he'll give us all wisdom, all understanding. Verse 9, it said, God, ha God has now revealed to us the mysteries uh, with, regard, with regarding Christ. Okay, So he's revealed all of those things, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is his plan. I love it when the Bible is written like that. This is his plan. Pause. And we're like, because what are we, Lord, what's your plan? What are you doing? Show me what to do. When there's scriptures like this, like, have you ever read your Bible? There's some things like a few weeks I shared about what did you, why did Jesus come? Why did he come to the earth? It says, for this reason I have come, dot, dot, dot. And you stop right there and say, I don't know why Jesus came. Read the Bible. It tells us so much. What does it say right here? It says, and this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under his authority in Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Verse 11, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, uh, for he has chosen us in advance and made everything work out according to his plan. Now, how many of you have quoted the last little part of that verse? He works everything together for the sake of those who love him. Man, but we didn't read the whole paragraph before, and we missed so much goodness through that. So when we really look at the Word and we look at the depths of what it says, it says that He'll give us all wisdom and all understanding. Now He has revealed to us the mysteries uh, in regards to Christ. And this is His plan that at the right time, He will bring everything together in the perfect order of what He wants done for the good of those who love Him. It's way more powerful when you read the whole thing. You know, we just kind of apply it to however we want. But what he was talking about, his glorious riches, his glorious grace, all of the wonderful things that we, he would do in our lives. Amen? Amen? So if we continue in Matthew 13, you know, Jesus begins to unpack the, you know, the meaning of this parable. So in, in verse 18, because of their lack of understanding. So this is what he did. Starting in verse 18, he says, hear then the parable of the sower. He says, listen to what I say. Verse 19, he says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the, the one on whom the seed has been sown beside the road. So that's the first one, right? The one beside the road. This is how he did it. He didn't understand. Secondly, the one on whom the seed was sown on the rocky place is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Now, most of us would say, hey, I've received it. I've immediately rejoiced about it. But this is what happened in verse 21. But yet he had no firm root in himself. There was no root system that went down deep, but is only temporary. And when the afflictions or persecutions arise because of the world, immediately he falls away. So as soon as it gets tough, all right, all right, okay, sorry, Jesus, maybe next week. Whatever happened, right? He took it joyfully. He was excited about it. I would, like as a pastor, I feel like that's success, right? 
But we don't know until it's trial by fire what we really have or what we don't. But if you don't have deep roots, man, it's going to be hard to survive, right? And he keeps on going. Verse 22, um, he says, And the one whom the seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word. And listen to these two things. And the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word. So these are two things in their life, the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth. Choke the word, and, and, and it did not become fruitful, so it never grew. It was choked out. And then verse 23, and the one whom the seed has sown on good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it. Those were the two things. Because this morning, all of you are getting a chance to hear the word. But without understanding, I should just sit down right now. If God is not, if the Holy Spirit is not releasing the understanding to our, to our listening ears, if he doesn't bring an understanding, we are falling so short of what God wants to do and show us in our lives. We have to know what he's speaking, what he's doing. But when we hear and when we understand, here's what happens. It says, he, he who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. Now, some of you are going to pause right there. It's like, well, pastor, I want 100, but I only got 30. Who cares if we're multiplying? Man, I'll take 60. I'll take 30. I don't want to be that one that produced zero. You get mad. Well, how come he produced 100? I don't know. Are you producing anything? Well, no. Well, come on. Like, you know, understand what the word of the Lord is saying. We get so caught up. I think when we, when we hear the parable about the talents, well, to one he gave this many, to one he gave this many, and to one he gave this many. And one got 10 and one got one. Well, we get all messed up. We don't want to understand. We get mad. I don't know if it's greed. I don't know what it is in our hearts, but we're like, well, how come they got 10? How come I got one? Well, you know what the scripture says, right? Each one received according to what? Their ability. God, don't give me something I can't handle. I'm going to mess up. But Lord, give me something that I can manage well, handle well, and I can cause it to bear fruit. But then he also says what? To those who is faithful with little, what? I will make him charge of much. So there's a, there's a rule about stewardship. You might not have a lot to work with right now, but if you use what God has given you now, he may multiply what you have in the future, all to produce a harvest. Some of y'all hear that? Well, I ain't got that much right now. You're in a good configuration. Do well with what you do have. And then see what the Lord does. You know, I've seen that in the life of the church. Uh, when Becky and I had the privilege of first taking on, we couldn't do what you see right now happening. But I, but I said, you know what? Well, there's a whole lot I can do. So I took it as my own personal power. I said, listen, we can put paint back here. We can do little stuff. We can get little things. And we were faithful in the position we were in. And then as God provide the increase, we're able to do more. Now, it gets a little scary at some point when you start, hey, I don't know if you know, some of y'all might say, hey, what, what was so hard? The chairs look great and the floors look great and the paint color. <laughs> That's a hard decision to make. Got some ladies that are helping me with that, thank God, you know, that are helping me navigate that. First and foremost, because I'm not really, really great at it. And secondly, I said, man, y'all don't understand. I got to have a fall person. If somebody don't like it, I say, hey, well, there was a whole team of people that decided that. <laughs> And y'all don't take me behind and say, happy pastor appreciation. And, you know, so, it, but we see God be faithful if we are faithful with what we have in our hands right now. Some of you are so concerned about what you want to get that you haven't even paid attention to what God has placed in your hands right now. But he says, be faithful with what you have and see what I'll do with your future. Amen.
It's a word for somebody here this morning. Don't get so caught up on what you don't got that you forget what you have been given already. Well, Pastor, he, got a, he made a hundredfold. Man, as long as you're producing results, that's what God wants. So just because a seed is sown doesn't mean that it will immediately grow. Sometimes it takes time for, for a fruit or a tree to grow, right? We, we, we don't put a seed in the ground. How many of you, have you ever planted a tree or planted something? Do you dig that thing up every single day to see if it's growing? Oh, no. Put more water on it. I'll probably stress the seed out, right? You know, like, you don't do that. But how many of us are so guilty of that? God, are you working yet? Let me check on you. Let me make sure everything's good. But how many of you know it takes faith and it takes trust and it takes an understanding to know that that seed has to stay in that right configuration to birth forth life? But the other thing we've got to understand, in a seed there is always life in the right conditions. And it always has the potential to grow. But then once it begins to grow, that's when the work begins, right? We need to continually water it. Sometimes we need to prune it. That's a whole other message, Right? But we have to know that just because that seed is not doing a whole lot yet doesn't mean that it can't spring forth to life. But allow those, that, that seed to go deep. Make sure that it's heard. Make sure it's understood. And then put your faith in God that He'll do only what He said He will do. You know, that's just the way God works. He just puts those things in that configuration. Unless God causes the seed to grow, it will never grow. So this passage says, you know, hearing the word and understanding the word. So we have to pray that people understand. We have to pray that we understand. Uh, that's, that's one of my biggest things as a, as a communicator, as a pastor, that, Lord, help people understand what the heck I'm saying. Because sometimes in my mind, I'm like, Lord, are they understanding what I'm saying? Because in my mind, it feels so confused. Like, it, it's not coming out like I want it to come out. And then some of my, the, the messages that I feel like didn't communicate well or were the worst messages, I have people come like, Pastor, that was the best mouse. Like, either you're lying or the Holy Spirit helped out a whole lot. Because that's not what it felt like in, in, the, in the releasing of that word. But we have to hear the word. We have to understand the word and allow that word to be guarded in our hearts until it begins to produce fruit. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 8, it says, uh, it says I, Paul, planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. Verse 7, so neither the one who plants nor the ones who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. So all that pressure is on God. We're, you know, we think, well, I planted it. Oh, well, I watered it. Well, who's better? And God's like, I am, just in case you're losing perspective of that. It doesn't matter who planted. It doesn't matter who watered it. But it is, only, it is God who makes things grow. It is God who, can, who changes the heart of a sinner. It's, it's, it's the moving of the Holy Spirit working in our life that brings us to that place of conviction and trust, that brings the insight to what in the world this parable says. Because there's some parables in here that he didn't give a detailed explanation for the unlearned to understand. But he has deposited the Holy Spirit inside each of us that would give us that understanding of what he has said. So the power of the parable is when we understand and we have heard what has been spoken and that that is enabled within us. So the parable will be life to those who hear it and understand, but death to those who hear yet do not understand. So in this chapter 13, um, there are actually 11 times... Well, there's, there's 11 times total in the book of Matthew where, where it says the kingdom of heaven is like. 
Now, as I was as I was studying, I was looking through. Did you know that there are six of those occurrences in chapter thirteen of Matthew? Six times that he says the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. And if I'm saying something like, like, what did I talk about? When I'm trying to explain something that we don't understand, I use all these different examples to try to make you understand. So if I tell you six times, six different ways what the kingdom of heaven is like, do you think Jesus was concerned about them understanding what the kingdom of heaven was like? I mean, he's not going to just waste air, right? He's just not going to say, I'm just going to talk so that they can hear me talk, right? He, He did it on purpose. Okay, so if we look at these passages, um, he 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 uh, he spoke about it. He clarified it. So the clarification and the understanding of the parable only comes to those are who is are who they're his own people. So we have to pray for that understanding. He makes things known to us, you know, as a child, as as a son, as a daughter. Okay. So when we look at those, uh, and I'm just going to quickly reference those. We have those pulled up. You can write them down, take a picture, whatever you need to do. Matthew 13, 24 through 30, parable of the weeds. Matthew 13, 31 through 32, parable of the mustard seed. And then you guys can read it. I'm not going to say all of them. Parable of the yeast, the treasure, the pearl, and the net. So when we talk about the weeds, in that parable, he talked about how he planted seed. And they begin to grow. Well, at night, the devil, the enemy who was talking about scattered a whole bunch of weeds. And they woke up the next morning and said, Master, what in the world did you really plant weeds amongst the good crops? He said, no, absolutely not. That was the devil. And he says, well, should we go pick them up? Should we pull them out? And he said, no, 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 wait, because if you pull out the bad with the good, it will destroy both. He says, but wait till the end. So remember, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven. That's what he's trying to communicate. He says, no, wait till the end, because then what will I do at the end? I'm going to come and I'm going to harvest all of them. I'm going to take the good plants and they're going to go to heaven. I'm going to take the bad plants and I'm going to wrap them and muddle them and throw them in the fire. They're going to go to a bad place. So that's the first thing. Heaven and hell, it's real. Talks about the kingdom. In in, in that parable, the next one, he talks about the mustard seed. You know, just a small amount of faith can produce great results. He says a a mustard seed when planted is the smallest of all seeds, but yet it grows to to be a huge tree where where birds can can roost and and it provides shade for, you know, you think about, so this is what it's talking about, kingdom of heaven. Even a small amount of faith can what? Accomplish a whole lot. Then he goes on to the next one, parable of the yeast. He talks about how a little bit of yeast will make its way through the whole thing, right? Then he talks about what's the next one? And he talks about the treasure and the pearl. These are very close. It says, one guy found a treasure on a field, he, which I think this is kind of crazy because I guess he's looking at land and he finds, I don't know, a gold brick. I don't know what it was. But it says he found something of great wealth. He found it. He reburied it in the land. He sold everything that he had, and then he went back and bought that land. And it was more valuable than, I guess, everything he had to spend. But he says, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's this great treasure Same thing with a pearl, this thing of great cost, of great beauty, of great value. So he's just hammering all these things. And then Matthew 13, 47 through 50. I'm actually going to read this one to you. 47 through 50. It says, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like, I don't have this on the slide, I'm sorry. Um, It it says, "Is, is like a net that was let down in the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up and on the shore. Then they sat down and they collected the good fish in baskets, but they threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and they'll separate the wicked from the righteousness and will throw them into a fiery furnace. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Have you understood these things? So there was an understanding. Jesus asked, and they replied, yes. And he said to them, teacher, uh, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of the storeroom new treasures as well as old treasures. So, man, all of these things are going to come out. They're gonna, there's going to be something that is coming out of us, both new and both old. But as we read through these parables, we have to allow the understanding to come. Because I shared last week that, man, we are not of a heavenly kingdom. We are by transformation, but I have never been in a heavenly kingdom where I understand all of these things. So we are on an earthly kingdom living by a heavenly kingdom with the power of the heavenly kingdom living within us. It's a, it's a crazy dynamic. So, so Jesus is presenting all of these parables to give us an understanding of what his kingdom is like. When we read these parables, it says that he has made the mysteries known, the secret things known to us, so that we can thrive in this lifetime. How many of you enjoy reading the parables? How many of you have a hard time understanding the parables sometimes? Both, right? You know, so we just got to pray for that understanding as we read those, that, that Father God would give us the insight. But that Matthew 13, 11, it says, God has given us all as sons and daughters the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. He's given us knowledge and understanding of all of those things as, us, as his son and as his daughter. You guys stand up with me. God is revealing his kingdom to us, you know, so we, man, we really want to continue to share the kingdom with others. But if we have no understanding of the kingdom... How can we even begin to communicate to others? Well, the kingdom of heaven. Let's see what the Bible says. And just share those with people. Because I think they're very effective and they're very intentional. But the power of the parables is there for us. There's so much wealth. There's so much understanding. There's so much depth to them. If you don't know, like say, man, I didn't know what parables were. Go to Google. Say, where are the parables? Parable search, whatever you want, and it will give you all of the parables. This is just the ones focusing on the ones that say the kingdom of heaven is like. But there's, there's tons of stories that talk about the good son, the wayward son, like all of these things that just give you so much insight into the heart of God, but teach us a valuable lesson. I would rather learn from a parable than to be a consequence and the story's told. Hey, let me tell you this parable, and it's a story of my life, right? I'd rather learn from somebody else getting it wrong. You know, they say it's better to learn by, by, by revelation than it is circumstance. Learn by the, from the ones that didn't do it well so that we might avoid that punishment or that wrong, that error going forward. But God will give us that insight as we seek Him. And we find him and we have that understanding. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one here this morning. Father, I thank you that there is power in your parables. And Father, to those who have ears today, God, I ask that they would hear. And Lord, that they wouldn't only hear, Father, but they'd understand. Father, as you bring that understanding, Lord, I pray that that understanding would begin to transform us and mold us and shape us into what you've called us to be. Father, I pray that you would not allow us to be ignorant, unlearned people. 
Father, but we would be people that just hear your word and do your word and expect you to move mightily in our lives. Father, if your word says it, that we would believe it, that we wouldn't question it, that we wouldn't doubt it. Father, that we wouldn't just pick and choose the parts we like, but Father, we would allow your word to dictate what is right, what is wrong, and Father, that it would bring correction, that it would bring rebuke, that it would cause the kind of righteousness in our lives that please you. Father, we ask by the power of your Holy Spirit, Father, that as fire burns away all of those things that have no value, Lord, we just open our hearts, we open our lives, and we say, come and have your way. Remove those things that don't please you. Father, that only righteousness, purity, and holiness would remain. Father, I thank you today that we have met with you and have been changed by you. Now, Father, each person under the sound of my voice, Father, I pray that you'd bless them today as they go from this place, that they know that your Holy Spirit goes with them. Father, we thank you for what you're doing and what you're yet to do in our lives, God. I bless each one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. Hey, next week, I will not be here. I'm going to be at a couple's of destiny retreat, but Pastor Jim is going to preach. He will not let you down. So next week, uh, come expecting something great. Invite a friend. If it's your first time here, we do have first-time visitor cards in the back. Please fill one of those out. We'll reach out to you this week. Uh, hug a neck. Say hi. You don't have to be in a hurry to leave. If you are attending the new membership class, that is happening right now following the service. If you go down this hallway and just continue to go straight, uh, smell for the food is, is the direction you can go. So looking forward to that. You guys be blessed. If we can do anything for you, let us know. We'll see you guys next week. We love you. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.